0: Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. In this episode, we're discussing ideas—that's innovation and R and D, the development of technology and artificial intelligence, intellectual property, and the role of universities. We have a couple of special guests with us who are going to be discussing how the city region can ensure its businesses are able to invest in and make the most of innovation, R and D, and new technologies. I'm Dan Harrison, Press and PR Executive at the Chamber. I'm Emily Stubbs, Policy Advisor at the Chamber. I'm Simon
1: Collinson, I'm Deputy Pro-Vice-Chancellor at the University of Birmingham and Director of City Ready. Uh, Andy Dawson, Director and Co-Founder at Curium Solutions.
0: So we're going to be discussing how the city region can ensure its businesses are able to invest in and make the most of innovation, R&D and new technologies. But first of all, Emily's going to give us a little recap of what the 2018 Birmingham Economic Review is all about. So, the economic review for 2018 is written by the University of Birmingham City Ready in partnership with the GBCC. It will provide a comprehensive insight into the ideas, people, infrastructure, business environment and places within Birmingham. It will be framed framed around these five pillars of the industrial strategy and support business decision-making regarding investment and opportunities in the city region. Okay, great. So, uh, Simon and Andy, welcome. Thanks for for joining us. We're going to start at the basics. What do we mean when we refer to innovation and just how innovative are we here in Birmingham?
1: I mean, in simple terms, innovation is the commercialization of new ideas. But if we look at the government's industrial strategy, it has a lot of the components that you need for innovation. It's about business infrastructure. It's about people and their skills. And it's about ideas. And most innovation is about recombinations of new ideas and new technology to improve products and services and the way that businesses are competitive in the marketplace.
2: Uh,
1: for me, uh, uh, you know, innovation is just doing something different.
2: Yeah, doing something with a, with a good with a good outcome. Um, And in terms of, you know, Birmingham, if you look at, you know, how innovative we are, you know, the tech scene, the 6,000 technology firms, 40,000 people employed in those technology firms, so there's a really good track record of doing things differently. Uh, If you look at our heritage, um, you know, the industrial revolution, we've proven that we can get stuff done, which is a really really important thing. And then with some some of the leading universities, which, you know, we've worked with and some of the AI reports that we've done, we've got kind of the thinking, and it's all therefore about the, the delivery and execution
0: you might have heard Simon talk on a previous podcast on a, on a similar subject. And I remember you, you saying that in, in terms of how we rank in terms of other regions, we're pretty good at it yeah. here. So,
1: um, I mean, first thing to say is that for the region, innovation is tremendously important, particularly at the current period of time. It is the way that regions with the combination of firms and universities and others can increase their resilience and their competitiveness and adapt to changes that are going to hit us. And the region is pretty good. In fact, in the UKIS, which is the UK Innovation Survey, in the last round of that, the region ranks fourth out of nine English regions and it's ahead of the devolved nations, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales. And that's in terms of the number of innovation active businesses we have, and we're above the average in that sense. We also employ a larger number of people in science and technology sectors, about 350,000 employees in the region are employed in these sectors that focus in terms of technology and R&D intensity. So um, the national average is around 9% uh, in terms of growth, and we're growing at about that rate. So we're very good, but there are some warning signs on the horizon about needing to maintain the momentum of investment in R&D and skills to keep the pace going.
0: Okay. Uh, we've heard a lot about artificial intelligence and how it's going to um, bring about change in a lot of different sectors. So it's a question for you, really, Andy. Tell us a bit about businesses that you yourselves at Curium work with who are adopting uh, AI, and what what do you think of the potential impact on productivity and and jobs in the future?
2: Okay, well, I think the important thing to remember, it's still relatively early days in AI. AI takes many forms, machine learning, deep learning, robotics, etc., and certainly the larger companies who've got intensive back office operations where there's lots of administration, I think they're starting to see lots of people uh, get um, RPA in place. So they're starting to become more efficient with robotics process automation, automation that they're putting in. Um, if you then kind to step it out though, I think there's still a lot talked about rather than getting done. So if you take the legal sector as a case in point, there's a lot of noise about law firms and how they're going to change, a big role that AI is going to play. There's new platforms coming out like Luminance, companies like Riverview have just been bought by Ernst & Young. However, um, I was in a room of 23 CIOs from a variety of law firms a couple of weeks ago, and when they put their hands up, still only three or four are actively participating in some sort of AI trial. It is still very much... Early days, still at the early adopter stage. It will be the bigger companies who are driving a lot of this initially. And and when it comes to jobs, um, you read in the media daily, it changes. We're going to lose jobs, we're going to gain jobs. It's not going to have much of an effect. I think what is definitely apparent, it will change the nature of some work. So if you're in a law firm, it will remove some of the more administrative tasks and open up opportunities to, to deliver more quality advice. If you're in a contact centre, it will remove some of the more mundane tasks, which will be automated. But it means that people will come through for the more complex tasks that need to be serviced, therefore needing more skills. So I think, you know, it's very much on, on the early days. It's very much kind of wait and see, but it is now starting to happen.
1: So I agree with Andy entirely on that one. I mean, I think there's a, an interesting historical lesson here. Um, there's something called the Solo Paradox, which is basically a study was done of the U.S. economy and showed that there was a massive increase in investment in IT in the 70s, and productivity actually declined. And the lesson we've learned from that is that you don't just take on board a new technology. You have to adapt your people's skills and your processes and the way that you add value to your business services. And unless you invest at the same time as investing in technology, in people's skills, in process reengineering, and changing your business models, you won't adapt and leverage the advantages that the new technology can bring. But I also agree with Andy that there is a dilemma in this country and it's actually particular in the region. Nationally, we are slow or late adopters of new technology. And in the region, we also have a real reticence or a cultural lack of confidence to invest in the adoption of new tech. And right now, this is a critical problem for us. We're not investing enough in R&D and skills and bringing in new tech to uplift our productivity. So we need to encourage firms to do this much more.
0: What do you think that reticence is? That's an interesting point.
1: There are two things here. One is there's a long-term uncertainty around you know, how you can translate new tech into competitiveness, better products, better services. And the British seem to be, you know, traditionally quite reticent. We're great inventors, and the region's full of great inventions. We're not very good at commercialising that new tech. That's been a long-term issue. More recently, over the last couple of years, and certainly over the next year or two, there are key uncertainties around Brexit and other political uncertainties that are making people pull back from those investments at the time when they've got to have the confidence to invest in future competitive advantage.
0: So do you have any advice or tips for local businesses who who may be listening and and considering investing in in R&D or adopting new processes or technologies?
2: Yeah, well, I think the pace of change is only going to get quicker. So none of us can uh, afford to stand still. You know, change is a given and change is a, is a, is a constant now um, out, out there in order to compete. So that's, that's the, the key thing. So you do need to invest. We've invested. We've you know, benefited from the R&D tax credits in a sort of learning platform voyage that we've built ourselves. And we're you know our classes as an SME. So I would encourage many to think the same. The real, the real thing when you step back and think of change is to do that, here, here's the kind of things you need to look out for. One, having a real clear vision for what you want to achieve because it's easy to get lost on your journey. Two, um, make sure you take people on the journey with you if you are investing in new ways of working and new processes because it's, change is about getting people to do something differently, to say something different or design things in different ways. So people need to be engaged because people generally don't like change. Uh, and, and finally, get, when you get to the end of that, it's around if you're doing something for a reason, for a benefit make sure you embed that benefit in your organisation. So if it's about being more efficient, being more competitive, make sure your prices reflect that. If it's about giving better service, make sure you design a load of other initiatives that ensure you to deliver a better service for, you, for your customers. So just not don't ever do things for the sake of it because it's trendy and it's funky and it's topical to do it. There has to be a real business purpose
1: behind what you want to do. Again, I agree entirely. Andy's right. The The, the general message here is that You know, firms need to be confident. Managers need to really push out their investments and adopt new technologies and apply those to improving productivity and competitiveness. So that's the general point. I think specifically there's the issue of what I call precision. Don't get carried away with the hype, AI, digital, and don't get overwhelmed by a huge range of opportunities and threats and challenges. Try and focus in on the very specific changes the new tech Um, even simple process shifts that can uplift the competitiveness of your firm. And, you know, uh, University of Birmingham is doing an awful lot of research both on technological opportunities, but we have a great business school that also does a lot of research on management and how firms adapt to use technology better. And we're pulling those together to try and understand how for different firms there are different opportunities out
0: there. Okay, so finally, how, how can we make Greater Birmingham a, a world-leading hub for, for innovation? And what do businesses and stakeholders need to do to, to contribute to, to make this happen?
2: Well, certainly I think we've proven that you know the toolkit is there in terms of the tech scene, the capabilities, the developers, the, the businesses that we've got here, and the universities to back that up with. So certainly we, we've got a, a good toolkit available to us. A couple of other things is we need to make this a friendly place for SMEs and entrepreneurs to do business. If you look at the Googles, the Amazons, the Salesforces, they are trying to buy AI capability in those organisations. There's a lot of acquisitions out in Silicon Valley and elsewhere where they are buying that capability because it's sometimes easier to innovate in a small organisation. So we have to make it a friendly environment in which to do business. And then finally... um, Uh, Something we're involved in, it's it's called the um, Public Sector Digital Midlands Conference next week. Um, It is all about showcasing the digital talent that can help the public sector take forward in the coming years. And it's about not being in London and other areas, it's about showcasing what we can do here. Um, It's set up by a very impressive lady called Jane Fallon, we've got Kevin Cunningham coming to that. And that's the type of entrepreneurial attitude that will give us a competitive advantage over other cities.
1: So, so the region's on a roll, it's doing really well. We've got great momentum, we've got good inward investment. Um, there's a couple of things here that resonate with what Andy says. One is about attracting more talent and skills to the region because firms will come to the region if the skills and the talent are here. The talent and skills will come if the firms are here. So those two things work in, um, they, they both support each other as a cycle there, and we need to attract both. Um, More precisely, though, the the region's got to be a bit smarter about what it's good at. And there's a term called smart specialisation, which a lot of regions are trying to work on as part of their local industrial strategy. At the moment, every region in the UK thinks it's really good in digital, in AI, in life sciences. And we are very good in areas like energy and in specific areas of life sciences and in particular sub-areas of digital But the region has to come together under some much more precise areas of specialisation, focus on attracting new firms and building talent in those areas where we already have some competitive advantage. And that way we can both attract attention from Westminster, who can devolve some of the power and some of the resources to help our local industrial strategy, but we can also brand and set up the identity of the region a little more precisely about what we're really good at and attract foreign and domestic
0: firms to come to Birmingham. Thank you for joining us on the Chamber podcast. You can check out the full Birmingham Economic Review for 2018 and further expert comment from Simon and Andy at www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com.